0: Hi, I'm Huang Rei. and on today's on Literature, we continue to present the book The Sound of Salt Forming, Short Stories by the Post-80s Generation in China, published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press in 2016. On today's show, we present you the third part of the story, Rough gassed Couple, written by Ma Xiaotao and translated by Li Guth. The author Ma Xiaotao, born in 1982, is a member of the Chinese Writers' Association. Previously on Rough Guest Couple.
1: On the day Lulu and Co came over for dinner, Wen Xiaonuan was especially happy. She had decided on the menu two days in advance. On Saturday, she even woke up early to shop at the market, and when she got home, she dove into the kitchen and excitedly set about concocting the special guest feast. They pushed and shoved each other as if they were still living in those uncertain school days. No one was polite at the table, sweeping it up like a tornado before they could sit back and laugh and chat. Stuffed with food and drink, they drove off. When Xiaonuan, reluctant to part with them, went downstairs to see them off. She came back to clean up the dishes, wearing a bright smile.
0: And this episode.
1: Lelia liked this kind of affectionate atmosphere devoid of small talk. In fact, he was quite dejected after the classmates left. Lulu worked on social education programs for a satellite television channel. Although it was not all that glamorous, at least she was on TV every day. The other three were a camera reporter of a sports department, the agricultural channel's main female manager, and the main anchor at a mobile media news channel. Although when work was mentioned, they all complained incessantly, still, in their respective departments, they were moving systematically along a track. Lulu asked about the mobile media's benefits, medical insurance and housing stipend. The sports reporter said there was a problem with the broadcast of the last wheelchair basketball game. The Agriculture Channel girl announced she was going to be on page two of the Broadcasting Channel's magazine. During the entire second half of the meal, their conversation had been deep and lively, and Wen Xiaonuan had no opportunity to interrupt. Lei Lian knew they didn't do it on purpose. Everyone was too busy and hadn't seen each other in a while. These professional, mutually uplifting topics really should be the focus of a reunion anyway. But all this had nothing to do with Wen Shanwen. Distracted and confused, she ate her food. As usual, they continued to mock the least popular girl in college. Lulu and Ko gave a token smile, just to be polite. In the workplace, they slaved away, and they had long met even bigger fish to fry and even more annoying and frowned upon characters. A pane of misted glass stood between them and their student life. Those young and energetic old times had faded to leave only beauty and warmth in their memory. But Wen Xiaonuan was different. After graduation, she had frozen. Her friends were all university classmates, and her social network was just as restricted as before. Having tried and given up on society, she retained vivid school memories of people who had annoyed her. She was cut off from complex reality, withdrawn into a building with which she identified. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow were all the same. To her, life was one long vacation. He wanted to persuade her to break out of having to face a wall for ten years. If you are closed in too long, then you must be careful lest the world forget you. He knew that she was not without her worries. Now, with so many fighting to make a living, whether you fight or didn't fight, you still went hungry all the same. He wanted to tell her to lower her profile, and if that didn't work, to try something else. But watching her humming happily while wiping the table, Lelia held back his words. Never mind, don't ask for trouble. Every time he urged her to change direction, her nose would run and her tears would flow. I don't know how to do anything besides broadcasting. You also graduated from broadcasting. You ought to know how tough our pronunciation practice and breathing exercises were. How come you can stick with your profession and others can with theirs, but I have to do something else? Having said her piece, she would always let out a couple of sobs, as if she were a persecuted broadcasting diva. He was three years older than her, but he often felt that she was ten years his junior. At 10 o'clock, Lei washed up and promptly lay down on the bed. In front of the bed, Wen Xiaonuan hunched over was on the web forum reading about cat care. Every day was the same. Worker Lei needed to go to bed on time, while housewife Wen Xiaonuan's biological clock was on evening time, reading, watching TV, going online. Her excitement was at its peak. Lei was used to it eyeing Xiao silhouette, immersed in a bout of intense typing or the dialogue of some Korean TV drama, he drifted off. The other room was completely unused, their main activities centred around this bedroom. I'm going to sleep, Good night. don't stay up too late. Quick, get off to sleep, you've got to get up early tomorrow. This was their routine nightly exchange. Two people in different time zones sympathising with each other's situation. One sleeping, one staying online. The sound of typing accompanied by regular breathing, day in and day out. No, I still want to make money. When Sanoan looked at the clock on the computer screen, it was 2.30 in the morning. She turned around and watched Lelia tossing fitfully, muttering the same sentence over and over. She hesitated for a moment and then prodded him awake. She couldn't contain her curiosity. They'd been together so many years and it was the first time she'd heard him talk in his sleep. I dreamed I was sick and we didn't have enough money to cure me. We couldn't pay back our loan. The department was taken away from us. We were sleeping on the streets. Leilio was shaken awake, his forehead covered with fine, dense beads of sweat. He still hadn't totally emerged from his dream. He was shocked by his visions of sickness and despair. "'How come you're so imaginative?' Wen Xiaonuan stared a little scornfully at the fear in her man's face. "'I can't afford to get sick.' I want you, Mei Mei, Tun Chang and co, to eat well and dress warmly. It was as if Lei had made up his mind. His enunciation was firm. Brother, you're really awe-inspiring. As she spoke, she had already gotten up and was preparing to return to the computer. You have been listening to Roughcast Couple, a short story selected from the book. The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gong and Yang Qingxiang and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Ma Xiaotao, was born in 1982. She is a member of the Chinese Writers' Association and an editor at People's Literature. She was the first prize winner in the New Concept Writing Competition in 2001. She had already lost interest in L'Eliaire's dream, and in any case dreams like this were not healthy. Really, what you thought about during the day you dreamed of at night. It was a sombre tune that spoke of the fragility of existence. But returning to her web browsing, she was somewhat preoccupied. L'Eliaire's dream had made a deep impression on her and became oddly mixed into her thoughts. It was pitch dark outside. The windows in the building opposite were all black. It was as if the blanket of darkness would never admit another light. The eastern suburbs were already called Sleep City. It was occupied by city workers who lived in the suburbs. Everyone left early and came home late, contributing their conscientious work to the thriving metropolis. They would take the long journey back to the suburbs to rest and recuperate. So, here the lights are extinguished early, just like an army camp. Come ten o'clock, all the lights start blinking out all over the district. Then... A little past eleven, and all was deathly silent. Wen Xiaonuan was like the district's watchman. Already used to living alone in interminable solitude, she was different from the others and didn't care what day it was. She relished the thought of never having to work another day in her entire life. From an objective point of view, her life was a mess and she was strapped for cash. But Wen Xiaonuan lived like a princess because behind her was a man who in his dreams feared sickness and unemployment. The one thing she didn't have to worry about was facing a horrible end. Brother, you've got my back, even though I don't have a job. I've got nothing to complain about, Wen gazed at the again-sleeping Leilier and muttered. Having dismissed that dream, Leilier enjoyed a few more hours of sleep. Turning over, he discovered that Wen wasn't sleeping by his side. He sat up abruptly and, to his surprise, she was still glued to the computer. Darling, you've woken up. What do you think? I haven't been to bed yet. She stared at the computer not turning her head. Leilier looked at her bony silhouette and thought, a dead pig isn't afraid of scalding water was the best way to describe the situation. Just when he wanted to say something, Wen Xiaonuan beat him to the punch. Come here quickly, do you think this looks nice? Wen Xiaonuan pointed at the computer screen and shouted. On the screen was a bizarre little suit, three inner layers and three outer layers, chaotic to the point of distraction. It was a fusion of cotton, muslin, and two or three other indescribable materials. It was 49 yuan, a price that didn't disappoint the bizarre craftsmanship and other worldly materials. Only the more I Le- looked at it, the more unbecoming it seemed. He failed to understand why Wen Xiaonuan would stay up all night on Taobao.com looking at such trash. "'You don't work and want to dress like this. Why? To protest on the streets?' "'Don't you understand? I don't work, so I never wear clothes,' Wen Xiaonan pouted, eyes still staring at the screen. She didn't have the energy to pay attention to the fellow behind her, and she didn't notice his deprecation. "'You're a little too much, staying up all night.' "'It was you who ruined my sleep, talking in your dreams.' Wen Xiaonan had indeed lost sleep over Lelie's dream. His stresses flooded out from his dreams and brought her enormous grief in the dead of night. "'That dream was so clear.' He lay helplessly on the hospital bed. When Xiaonuan could only pull her eyes out. The intravenous drip trickled drop by drop and bandages littered the floor. The sombre, depressing atmosphere was so palpable it left the newly awakened Lelia in a cold sweat. Without a doubt it wasn't a good sign. This one-man army must hold fast. If anything were to happen to it, two human and four feline lives were at stake. You have been listening to Roughcast Couple, a short story selected from the book The Sound of Salt Forming, short stories by the post-80s generation in China, edited by Song Gong and Yang Qingxiang, and published by the Foreign Language Teaching and Research Press. The author of the short story, Ma Xiaotao, was born in 1982. She is a member of the Chinese Writers' Association and an editor at People's Literature. She was the first prize winner in the New Concept Writing Competition in 2001. Lelia studied her silhouette, this girl who was willing to get a marriage license but was too lazy to plan a wedding, who in the most passive manner imaginable had now shackled herself. Every day he had to muster his strength, not daring to slack off for fear that some mishap might break this already fragile happiness. But she, she still stayed up all night battling over Taobao.com, endlessly focusing on those inelegant and impractical stupid clothes. Was this his so-called wife? She was more like a daughter, a cute, innocent, willful, exasperating, scatterbrained daughter. Are you going to spend your whole life like this? Lelia suppressed a whisper, swallowing his words as they rose to his lips. Until Lelia left, Wen sat excitedly in front of the computer. With no intention to sleep, Wen turned a blind eye to Lelia and pretended to focus her whole attention on the screen. Item after item of complex yet affordable clothing thoroughly captivated her attention. But in reality, she just didn't want to look at Lelia. That whole sleepless night, she couldn't contain her tears. Lelia didn't sneak out, but he felt himself completely ignored. On the way to work, he saw the young woman on the bus and suddenly developed a respect. These high-spirited or listless girls arose early with the sun, heading forth to the city centre on crowded and chaotic public transport. Just like Wen Noen, they were probably loath to rise, but rise they did, hiding their sleepiness and headed for their offices, their bosses and all kinds of unknown troubles. Lelia suddenly thought of that slightly archaic and colloquial yet infrequently used phrase, Chapter 5 When Xionwen started going to bed later and later, or to be more precise, earlier and earlier, her post-midnight bedtime gradually progressed to early morning. When Leila opened his lazy sleepy eyes, he would invariably see her sitting tirelessly in front of the computer, until one day, she wasn't there. Instead, she was holding a sleeping cat and sitting on the ragged cloth-covered living room sofa, mute. Her absent-minded look, plus the unrefurbished, derelict living room, made her look just like the little match girl. Leilie asked why she hadn't slept. She said she didn't know, but that it seemed night time just passed so quickly. She had just wanted to stay up a little bit longer and had unwittingly stayed up right through to the next day. Accordingly, her rising time was also pushed back. One day, when Leilie returned from work, when Xiaonuan was brushing her teeth. She held back a mouthful of toothpaste to give him a joyful smile, saying his return was all too timely and that they could eat breakfast together. Lelia gave a wry smile and replied, wondering if he had overestimated himself and married a moonlight goddess whose thoughts were utterly unearthly. He recalled that day at noon when Lulu had called him frantically. The two of them didn't normally have much to do with each other, just getting in touch once a year, a New Year's text greeting. If she hadn't been a girlfriend of Xiao Nuan, Lulu and Lelia would have been no more than distant classmates. Brother, can you find out where Wen is? Her cell phone's turned off. Lulu came straight to the point. She's sleeping. Give me your home number. We don't have a landline. Then how can I get in touch with Wen? Maybe you could ring the doorbell really hard, Lélia smiled bitterly. Obviously, one couldn't find Xanwen at high noon, sleeping by day and awake at night. She was already a ghost who avoided the daylight. She's like a vampire. How can you stand her? So you can't find her either? Yeah, no one can. She sleeps all day, only waking earlier on weekends because I'm home. Usually, she's alone at home in the daytime, and so she just sleeps. Then forget it. Good things won't come her way. Lulu had wanted Wen Shian-wen to do a voiceover. Their program voiceover worker had quit, so Lulu thought it was an opportunity for Wen Shian-wen to try out for the job. But it was urgent. She must go do the voice test that afternoon. Lulu and Li'er had no choice but to go back to work, and there was no one available to even use the primitive method of knocking to wake Wen Shian-wen up. If she couldn't be wakened from her dreams, then nobody could probably reach her. She had long since absented herself from the real world of daylight. That afternoon, Lei saw Wen MSN icon light up. But it was already the 16th hour of the 24-hour time cycle. Even if Wen were to rush out without washing or putting on her makeup, their home being in the eastern suburbs, it would still be 6 o'clock before she could arrive at Lulu's TV station. Lei still hoped for a miracle, and so gave Lulu a call. Perhaps there was still a chance. You two really are brilliant. Look at the time. They've hired someone long since. So little work and so many applicants, and old Wen just snoozes on. No problem. I wanted to find her some work to help you save for your living room refurbishment, but I guess that won't be happening now. Lulu's words were predictable, but they still hurt Leilier's pride. He remembered that in college, Tanwen's major had been better than Lulu's. He once introduced them together to do voiceovers and after hearing a few sentences, they preferred Wenxian Wen and ignored Lulu. Afterwards Wenxian Wen had felt bad. She was afraid that Lulu would be unhappy and that it would mar their relationship. But bygones must be bygones. Now it wasn't simply a matter of Lulu being better than Xianwen by a college major. The Lulu of today was grounded in society while Wenxian Wen hibernated at home. They were already worlds apart, an unemployed youth and a TV host. Lamentably, they were nothing more than former classmates. As Leilier discussed the events of noon with Xiao Nguyen on MSN, he thought Xiao Nguyen would at least be a little upset, but he didn't expect her to be as calm as a breeze. She said that she just wasn't meant to get the job, that at noon she had probably been dreaming, dreaming that someone wanted to teach her how to bake a cake, but on the condition that she first cut a board full of onions. Lelia imagined the onion-cutting dream scenario on the screen and couldn't refrain from frowning, curling his lips and displaying a sliver of annoyance. Baking cakes, cutting onions, she was now really just interested in eating, even in her dreams. After missing this excellent voiceover opportunity, she hadn't reacted with the slightest sense of normality but instead indifferently brought up her trivial dream about a cake and onions. What do you think about this? A link popped up in Wen Xiaonuan's text box on the screen. Leilier was really not interested, but he listlessly opened the link nevertheless. What popped up was a bat-sleeve hoodie, sapphire-coloured, with unevenly scattered red dots. The price was 36 yuan. Pretty good. Buy it if you like it. In fact, Leilier hadn't taken a good look. The sleeping colours and the cut irritated him. He imagined Wen Xiaonuan sitting in front of the computer with a nest of pillow-squashed hair. With her face unwashed, she would have turned on the computer just as she had turned it off before going to bed and was savouring every detail of the clothes on the screen. I won't buy it, I'm just looking. Oh. Lelia didn't know what to say. His wife's attention was entirely on the web. The outrageous clothes, cat care discussion forums, American soap operas. This mundane web life occupied Wen leisure time, or rather, all her waking hours. Besides going along with it, he seemed to have nothing else to say. She was so bored yet so happy. He couldn't ruin this happiness. In fact, he doubted whether he could ever ruin it. Was there even a space for him in her world? I'm going to do a voiceover. Be good. Entertain yourself. Leilier typed the string of words and stared dumbly at the screen. He actually had no work to do. Leilier, don't forget tomorrow's dinner and bring your Xiaonuan. Feng Yu's MSN text box popped up. Feng Yu was sitting in the next cubicle, but was too lazy to walk around it. Might as well employ the fingers and use text script to substitute for spoken language. His reminder was for the next day's get-together. Sure, sure, Wen Xiao Nguyen's sapphire-backed-sleeved shirt had robbed Lei of any enthusiasm for talking to Feng Yu. He even had an inauspicious feeling that Xiao Nguyen would probably again have a myriad of excuses to avoid the party. She was becoming more and more averse to going out. All the employees in the company were young people, and, as in all workplaces, conflict was unavoidable. But overall, they got along quite well. Every once in a while, everyone would get together for a meal, which usually included family members. Initially, Wen Xiaonuan had been more than willing to participate, and even occasionally asked if there were any get-togethers coming up. But the longer she stayed home, the less she was interested in the outside world. If something could be accomplished in the bedroom, she'd be too lazy to do it in the living room. Without some strong motivating factor, it was very difficult to persuade her to go out. As it happened, come dinner time, Lelia mentioned the next day's get-together to her. Wen Xiaonuan unwillingly squirmed in her seat, racking her brain for excuses not to go. She knew Lelia wanted her to go, but she didn't want to ride the bus alone all that way to meet with him. She didn't want to have to traipse across the country just to eat as a family member a dinner that had nothing to do with her. Can I be excused? Sure, before Wen Xiaonuan could employ her desperate cutesy whining, Lelia quickly cut her off with his agreement. He felt suddenly lifeless. You're not a queen. Why do I have to beg and scrape to ask you to have dinner with me? If you don't want to go, don't go. It's up to you. That was a pretty frank answer, honey. I plan to spend some money on you, Lelia mustered a warm expression, thinking he was already on a set path of coming home and acting as a good-natured father figure. How about you go learn something? Otherwise you'll just rot away staying at home. You're avoiding me. When Samuam was being a baby, her sullen expression thinly concealed a look of delight. I'm just afraid that you'll be dreadfully bored. I'm not bored, I'm quite comfortable. All thanks to your support, I am so relaxed. I never want to be busy again. You really should go out into society at some stage. Otherwise you'll turn into an old grandma before you're twice your age. And you'll resent my cooping you up. Let's face it when it comes. Think about it. What would you like to study? Take a class, you have a new interest. Every day when I look at you on Taobao.com, browsing those crazy clothes, I feel horrified. I'll think about it, when Xiaonan affected a haughty look, as if reluctantly deigning to accept a subordinate suggestion. Lelia had always thought her phony demeanour extremely attractive, having now been gradually overwhelmed visually. If she were pretentiously cute never mind but she was truly cute so cute that she didn't act her age which completely exhausted him
0: what you just heard was the third part of the story titled rough guest couple from the book the sound of salt forming short stories by the post-80s generation in china published by the foreign language teaching and research press in 2016 Rough Guest Couple tells a story of a young couple struggling to settle down in Beijing after graduation. Interwoven with simple, crisp, humorous, robust, and youthful expressions, the story draws an authentic picture of the life of a young Chinese couple in a big city. It is a journey full of financial struggle, love, tears, conflict, growth, and passion. Join us again next time on Enlighten Literature for the fourth part of the story. I'm Huang Ray. See you next time.